Episode 876. Kenny Clark will miss some time while Aaron Jones was arrested. We'll contemplate these issues for the Green Bay Packers and more with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're looking at the Aaron Jones arrest, Kenny Clark's injury, and a whole lot more. To do that, we're joined by a guest on the phone. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We're joined by Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, how you doing this morning? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. Glad to have you on the show as always. Nathan, uh, Kenny Clark, it was reported, is going to miss some time with an ankle injury. Based on their performance so far this season, which defensive lineman stands to pick up most of Kenny Clark's snaps? I would think Dean Lowry will uh, take the majority of them. Uh, He's probably uh, played the best out of the rest of the defensive linemen who haven't been among the two starters. Um, I think he's outperformed Quinton Dial so far, at least um, in the run game, and then he's also seen more pass rushes. I also wouldn't be surprised that in uh, clear passing situations, the Packers turn more toward uh, three outside linebacker sets with Mike Daniels rather than their traditional two linemen, uh, two outside linebacker sets, which uh, that's something that the Packers have done uh, throughout the last few years. So I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't just Lowry who sees an increase of snaps, but we see a lot of guys see a slight increase. And then I also think um, this gives Adams at least an opportunity to see a little bit more playing time. And he played well recently, so um, if he continues to play well, I wouldn't be surprised if Adams sees a big increase um, later in the future. Yeah, I know in previous seasons the Packers have guys like Dayton Jones and Julius Peppers and Mike Neal all kind of you know, push inside from the inside linebacker position. I don't know how many guys they have that kind of fit that same mold, but certainly there's different packages they can use as well. Um, Nathan, uh, was this past Sunday the best game of Kyler Fackrell's career? Um, I would say it was his best game of the season so far. I would go back to last year, his game against the Giants, where um, he didn't see as much playing time, but he still made a lot of plays in a little bit of time. So um, in this game, he definitely was impressive, uh, had a sack, uh, two tackles for a loss, or one tackle for a loss, two third down stops. So a lot of good plays. Um, outside of the sack, which was pretty awesome, he didn't have, have to beat blocks on too many of his plays. And when he did, it was against tight end Max Williams. So uh, his grade wasn't quite as high as all of those huge stops would indicate, but um, still graded well, still had a good game and a good time for him going forward. Yeah, I've been very critical of Kyler Fackrell, but he had a very good game this past Sunday. And speaking of outside linebackers, Nathan, I think fans have been encouraged by what Vince Beagle has been able to do in his first couple NFL regular season games. How has he looked? Uh, yeah, he didn't do a uh, 
lot in his first two games where he saw 25 snaps, but in the game against the Ravens, in 16 snaps, he did make a couple of plays, which looked promising. Uh, he had two pressures in the third quarter of the game and then also had uh, two run stops in the game. So those were both his first pressures in the NFL and first run stops in the NFL. So all promising signs for him. Um, really, in the past game, all five of the Packers, outside linebackers, performed well. So I'm not sure if he did enough to earn more playing time than what he has been seeing. But um, I'm still promising to see him do well. And as I said before, we might see more three outside linebacker sets for the Packers. So that could be a way to get him a little bit more playing time going forward. Yeah, that and if Clay Matthews misses any more time, he may have to pick up the slack. Um, Nathan, uh, in the secondary, how did the Packers adjust to not having Kevin King out on the field at the cornerback's position? Uh, they had Devon House and Demarius Randall both starting on the outside. Uh, then in the nickel, Randall came to the inside, and then Josh Hawkins became the right cornerback. So um, it turned out going all right for the Packers in this game. Both House and Randall had two of their best games of the season so far. I look fairly similar in that. Uh, they both had one bad play where they allowed a catch for a decent gain, but they also both had two uh, tackles for short games in this one. So um, anytime a cornerback is making more good plays than bad, it's good for them. Um, Hawkins, on the other hand, uh, he allowed one bad catch, uh, missed the tackle after the catch as well, and not really any good plays to make up for it. But um, without King in there, the Packers still uh, handled their business pretty well in this game. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Nathan, turning to the offensive side of the football, I know a lot of fans have been critical of Brett Hundley. Can we take a look at where he ranks among NFL quarterbacks since he took over as the starter? Uh, sure. Since week seven when he got his first start, um, out of 34 quarterbacks who have seen significant playing time since then, uh, Hundley ranks 28th in terms of PFF grades. Um, he was a lot closer to average before the Ravens game, but uh, the majority of people who are ranked behind him, uh, they're guys that are either started the season as backups or guys who have been benched recently. So um, after this Ravens game, uh, even when he wasn't under pressure, he was looking fine. But the problem was he was under pressure and didn't perform well. And a lot of the pressure he also brought on himself. Um, a lot of the times he was either holding on to the ball longer than he should have or leaving the pocket before he should have. So uh, when he was under pressure, he just completed 5 of 14 passes, uh, had two interceptions, and then all of those sacks. So um, that was one of the worst performances that you'll see out of a quarterback when he is under pressure. So that lowered his PFF grade a bit in this past game. Yeah, got to be improvement for Brett Hundley. Um, Nathan, in light of issues at the running back position, injuries to Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones, and even the recent arrest that we'll get into a little later on this show, uh, I I've wondered why the Packers haven't used Aaron Ripkowski running the football at least a little bit, because I like what he did last year carrying the ball outside of his one fumble in the playoffs. Um, but but can we take a look at Aaron, what Aaron Ripkowski has done over the course of the entire season as a whole? Uh, sure. So far this season, he has been averaging about 10 offensive snaps per game. Uh, that's how many he had in the Ravens game as well. 
Uh, he's been pretty much average in every way that you can look at him so far this year, which is uh, slightly worse than what he was doing last year, where he was uh, performing well as both a rusher and a run blocker. But um, in this game, or not in this game, but in this season, um, the one downside he's really had is pass protection, where he's allowed two pressures on 19 pass blocks. So uh, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, but he hasn't looked as good as he has in the past in that area. So I'm not sure if the pass blocking has contributed to the lack of playing time some this year or just having more tight ends who are capable blockers. So that has cut into his playing time. So um, if they need him, he did look fine as a runner last year. So um, he could see an increased role in these upcoming games. I think he's capable of that. But if they just need him for uh, blocking in general, I wouldn't be surprised if his role continues to be about 10 snaps per game. Yeah, I've been a little bit disappointed in Ripkowski just because I was so encouraged by what he did last year, and it just doesn't seem to have carried over at all. Um, Nathan, another player we haven't discussed much this season is center Corey Lindsley. And, you know, sometimes it's a good thing when offensive linemen aren't getting much attention. How has he done so far this year? Over the first month of the season, he was playing well, uh, looking like his usual self. But um, over these past five games, he really hasn't been playing as well as he had for basically the rest of his career. Um, All season long, he has been consistently allowing one or two pressures per game. So there hasn't been any single game where he's been a clear liability in the past game. But um, those add up over the course of the season, and he's already – allowed more pressures this year than he did all of last year. So um, he hasn't been performing quite as well in pass protection. And then specifically over these last couple of games, his run blocking hasn't been what it was uh, earlier in the season or earlier in his career, um, consistently grading below average these last couple of weeks there. So um, I'm not sure the reason why he hasn't been performing as well over the past month or so but hopefully he's able to turn things around for this last third of the season. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, Nathan, uh, what's the matchup to watch for this weekend when the Packers take on the Steelers? Uh, Sure. Obviously the Steelers have their big three quarterback, uh, running back, wide receiver. I'm not really sure how they'll be able to handle Antonio Brown in this one, but uh, probably the matchup I'm most excited about is between their right guard, David DeCastro, and Mike Daniels. Uh, DeCastro, for the last couple years, has been among the better guards in the league. But this year, uh, he's definitely having a career year. Uh, hasn't allowed a sack or a hit at all all season. And then in the run game, uh, no one's been grading out close to as good as DeCastro has. So um, Daniels lines up on that side of the defense a little bit more than the other side. So I think there will be plenty of plays throughout this game where we'll see two of the better players in the NFL going head-to-head over and over. So I think that's probably the one that'll be most enjoyable to watch. Very cool. I'll be watching that for sure. Uh, Nathan, before we let you go, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Pro Football Focus and what they can get with a subscription? Sure. So if you don't know, at Pro Football Focus, we grade every player on every play in every game. So, um, With that, you can find plenty of content at Pro Football Focus. We also have uh, two year-long subscriptions. One is PFF Edge, the other PFF Elite. Um, With Edge, you get all sorts of things, like uh, we have fantasy rankings and projections if you're trying to uh, win uh, these late games before our fantasy playoffs get started. 
uh, player grades and snap counts for both this year and past years as well. Um, year-round draft coverage, so we already have plenty of information available for the 2018 draft class if you're looking ahead to that already. And then with PFF Elite, um, get a lot more there. Um, you have game-by-game data, so our grades for every player on every game, so you can see how everyone is doing. Um, a lot of signature stats, so a lot of these statistics that I'll cite throughout this, you'll be able to find for every Packer player in every game uh, with that. Um, a DFS lineup optimizer to help you win your daily fantasy league or matchups as well. So um, a lot of great information you can get with PFF at General Elite, and those are things that will last you a year long. So if you were to get it today, it would last you up to November twenty second, 2018. Very cool, Nathan. I am going to encourage our listeners to go check it out. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Have a good Thanksgiving, all right? Sounds good. Thanks again for having me, and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. All right. Take care. Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment and my commentary on it. And first of all, uh, Railbird Central is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar opening in spring of 2018. Excited about that. Um, Let's talk some Packers news. Uh, The big news that was uncovered on Monday was that Packers running back Aaron Jones was arrested. This was reported by Michael Cohen of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The incident actually occurred back in early October when Jones was pulled over during a traffic stop in Ashwaubenon, which is a Green Bay suburb, and admitted to smoking marijuana. Uh, Additionally, he was cited for speeding and driving without a valid license. Now, Jones has pleaded not guilty to these charges and has a pre-trial hearing scheduled for February 1st in Brown County Court. Uh, Jones was assessed on what the report described as one clue during a field sobriety test and was taken to a hospital to have a blood test. Uh, interestingly enough, Jones attorney Brian Maloney also represented wide receiver Geronimo Allison, who was arrested for marijuana possession last year. Um, the key difference in this case was that Jones did not possess marijuana like Allison did. He just admitted to smoking it before operating a vehicle, and that's the key here. If this were simple marijuana possession, it wouldn't be a big deal. The problem here was that Jones was operating a vehicle while high, presumably, uh, which is a no-no. He's a professional athlete with lots of money. I I personally have no problem with him smoking herb, possessing herb. But if he's going to do so, get a Lyft or an Uber or whatever. That's the issue here. Uh, Jones on Tuesday didn't answer questions about his arrest. But he did make a statement to the media, uh, disseminated in many outlets, uh, apologizing for his actions and taking responsibility for it, which was a step in the right direction. This was actually the second time um, that Jones was arrested. He did, he also 
was back so did back in college in 2016 when he was at UTEP when I believe he received a DUI citation. Um, If you're wondering if Jones will be suspended, he may, but it's not going to be this season. We know this because the NFL doesn't hand out discipline until after the legal process is settled. Um, and it doesn't appear as if that will happen until the off season. So while Jones is currently injured, there's still a likelihood he returns yet this year. Uh, now, typically a player who has violated, now typically a player has to violate the NFL's substance abuse policy twice before being suspended, but there are extenuating circumstances here. One being, we don't know if Jones has violated it already prior to this arrest. And then there are other charges involved here, such as driving without a valid license, which could mean he could be suspended for violating the league's conduct policy and not its substance abuse policy. That would seem to be a pretty minor violation, so I'll admit I'm not sure whether that's enough to suspend him or not, or maybe that in conjunction with violating the lead substance abuse policy. I don't know. We're probably going to have to wait until after this case is settled in the offseason, so uh, I hate to say it. If you want to know right now, there's just no answer. Uh, You have no choice but to wait to find out here. Uh, So that's the Aaron Jones situation. That's what we know, and... uh, that's that's it for now. As for the Kenny Clark injury, we briefly alluded to in our interview with Nathan Yankee. Kenny Clark was said to have suffered a high ankle sprain, which was first reported by Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network, uh, who went on to say that Clark will miss some time, but it doesn't appear to be a season-ending injury. So that's the silver lining here. Uh, The bad news is that the Packers' defense is still going to be worse without Clark on the field. You know, uh, the Aaron Rodgers injury has been bad enough for this team. You know, there was a time before the bye week when the Packers had a bunch of injured players, including the offensive line, and I know, I thought, well, they'll get healthy after the bye. And while certain players did get healthy, Others have since gone down, including Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones and Kevin King. And I don't know how the Packers can possibly win on Sunday without these players, certainly in addition to Aaron Rodgers. And and since this will be the last episode before Sunday's game, we, we won't have an episode on Black Friday because I'll be away from home for Thanksgiving. So I'll make my prediction now, and it won't be a pretty one. I think the Packers are going to lose 30-10 to in this one as they travel on the road to Pittsburgh for a post-holiday, post-Thanksgiving game this upcoming Sunday. You know, I, you know, to to, to wrap up the Kenny Clark thing here, uh, this is really a blow for the Packers' defense. Uh, he's played so well this season, has made so much progress. Would like to see a little bit more out of him in the pass rush department, but certainly hasn't been terrible there either. Uh, he's been so good against the run. He's been so good opening things up for Blake Martinez at the second level of the defense, uh, from which they've both benefited. 
uh, it, that, you know, K- Kenny Clark, it, it's going to be a blow no matter who's taking his snaps that, you know, we talked about with Nathan Yankee, who's going to see more playing time because Kenny Clark is out and, you know, could certainly very be very well be Dean Lowry, but Quentin Dial, Montrevious Adams will all be rotating in there. Uh, but none of them uh, are as good as Kenny Clark has been this season. Um, you know, it, it's going to be Mike Daniels and a rotation of other players from here on out. And unfortunately, this Packers defense is just going to be worse without Kenny Clark. It's going to be worse if they don't have Kevin King. Um, so it, it's, I'm not encouraged by what the Packers defense is going to be able to do, you know, on Sunday in week 12 here coming up. Um, and as far as the offense goes, uh, you know, there's been so much discussion about Brett Hundley and understandably so he's only won one game or the Packers have only won one game since he's become the starter. And, uh, you know, admittedly, Brett Hundley outside of the Bears game is, is you know, not really looked all that. You know, he's done some good things in other games, but they've been few and far between, and they haven't been extremely impressive. Um, and I can see how people want to, you maybe turn the page here and see what somebody else has got. Basically, I look at this as the last straw for Brett Hundley this game. I would prepare as if he's going to be the starter just because I think that's in the best interest of the Packers team as a whole to, you know, not change things. And you've invested so much time into Brett Hundley that I think the team has gotten used to that. They've gotten used to him being the face of the huddle. And you give him the opportunity to win this Steelers game, uh, to make it competitive at least. If he can do so, if he can be competitive, if he can do what he did the Bears game, then they continue can continue to go with him. But basically, I think his spot is on the line, and I think the Packers, if Hundley plays poorly, shouldn't be afraid to make a change mid-game or late-game or, or whenever it is that they feel as if it's time to give Joe Callahan a chance. Um, you know, it's unfortunate the Packers are in the position that they are, uh, but uh, there's no other way around it. I mean, it is what it is. Their, their record is 500 right now, um, and, and they've got to be, you know, staying in contention for a playoff spot uh, until Aaron Rodgers returns, which looks to be week 15 at the earliest. So they still got to get through three more games. Certainly they don't have to win all three of them for the Packers to be in contention for a playoff spot. That's a good thing. I mean, the Packers can lose the Steelers game and still be alive for the playoffs. Now, if they lose this one, it may be a must-win situation the week after when they face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the good thing is they also face the Cleveland Browns, and that one, uh, you know, I'm not going to guarantee anything is a Packers victory at this point, but it's at least, you know, a a game the Packers can win uh, this upcoming Sunday against the Steelers. I'm not really sure I can say that. I can't say that. I think the Packers are going to lose by 20 points. Uh, it's just, they're playing a good team and they got to play it on the road. 
uh, against a team that's, you know, traditionally one of the best in, in pro football and one of the better teams in the AFC. So it's it's going to be tough, but that's the way I see it. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, the, this might be a low point for this, this Packers team. Hopefully they can dig themselves out of a hole post-Steelers game. But as for right now, it's not looking all that good. Uh, moving on. The day ahead. The Packers return to the practice field on Wednesday, and as you can imagine, they're probably going to want to pack a lot, a lot of preparation into the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, head coach Mike McCarthy will have his press conference streamed live at 10:45 a.m. Central Time on Wednesday, and then the team will release its injury report later Wednesday afternoon. On Thursday, of course, they typically have a practice early in the day. Then they give them off so everybody can have a Thanksgiving dinner at night. And, you know, Mike McCarthy talks every year how they make sure that people have places to go and they have a, they, they can celebrate the holiday with, with teammates or friends or whatever, however the, the players want to do it. Um, but if we're looking strictly here at, uh, you know, the injury report that will be released Wednesday for the first time this week, if there's one player whose status will be interested in seeing today, I think it's cornerback Kevin King. You know, there, there are certain players we know probably aren't going to play this week, like Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones. We're, we're not holding out hope for them to return this week. But seeing as uh, Kevin King uh, was withheld from the Ravens game and his injury didn't get any worse, there's a possibility he might return. Uh, And hopefully we can say the same about right tackle Justin McRae, who left this past Sunday's game as well, and maybe even Clay Matthews. Um, But, you know, the Packers really need some help on defense, I think. You know, if Kenny Clark isn't going to play they're going to need another first-round talent to help fill that void, and that's Kevin King, um, who I think has the highest ceiling of anybody in the Packers' secondary. Uh, Certainly, he's got to make some improvement, and he's got to show that this shoulder is not going to be an issue for him, or at least it's not going to prevent him from doing, uh, you know, most of the things he has been doing. So that would really be a boost to the Packers' defense if he's out on the field. We'll see what his status is this Wednesday. Uh, Finally, I'll leave you with this. Uh, If you've been depressed by what the Packers have done on the field and a prediction for another Packers loss on Sunday. On Wednesday evening, the day before Thanksgiving, former Packers safety Leroy Butler will be appearing at Miller Park in Milwaukee receiving donations on behalf of Sargento and the Hunger Task Force and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, So that's a good cause during the holiday season. Uh, So that's something good to feel good about itself. But this also gives me an opportunity to inform you that on Tuesday, Butler was named one of 27 modern era semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for the first time ever. You know, he's previously been a nominee, but never got down to the semifinalist stage. Uh, So congratulations to Leroy Leroy Butler and good luck um, uh, to to let you know where it goes from here. 15 finalists will be named in January, 
before the inductees will be named to the Hall of Fame the day before the Super Bowl. So uh, he can bask in this little recognition for a little bit of time here before we learn the next cut-down phase uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But that's really cool for a guy who was a really good player in his era in the 1990s in particular. Uh, Leroy Butler was not only good as a, you know, when, when you play in the secondary, I think you get known for quite a bit for playing the pass, and he certainly intercepted a lot of passes and things like that, but was also a really good blitzing pass rusher when the Packers needed to utilize him in that role. And I think that's kind of what, you know, puts him over the top, which makes him a Hall of Fame candidate, if not a potential inductee. So, uh, again, good luck to Leroy Butler, the inventor of the Lambeau Leap. That was good to see on uh, Tuesday. And, of course, we've already got Jerry Kramer uh, named as a nominee for the uh, the veterans committee. So, um, he, he's in contention there too, although that's nothing new. All right. So that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you everybody so much for joining us, uh, here. Have a good Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, this will be the last episode until, uh, after the game on Sunday, no, no show on black Friday, but we'll be reviewing the game uh, on Monday. So excited to talk to you a few days from now about that. And, uh, we'll see if the Packers can come away with a W. Um, Railbird Central typically airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 30 AM central time. That's a live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day. We'll see you later, folks. I leave you today with a song called made to measure by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go, and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>